Hello, my name is Zila. It's pronounced Zila. I get Zahila or Zahilda quite a lot. I was born in Michigan, raised in Washington, D.C., and spent the last 15 years and much of my adult life in Los Angeles. I'm half Cuban, half Dutch, six foot tall, and aggressively blonde. I am currently the EVP and Managing Director of Donor Los Angeles. I absolutely love my job. I love coming to work each and every day. I get to work with some of the most, some of the smartest and most creative people who amaze me and challenge me. I'm proud of what we started to build here at Donor Los Angeles and what we will continue to build in the coming years. Donor is an amazing company and it has been an incredible year of growth for us at Donor LA. We've grown by leaps and bounds over the past year. Before Donor LA, I've worked at some great digital and CRM agencies and even at a holding company. But now I'm on a mission with my creative partner, Jason, to build the most award-winning modern creative agency on the West Coast. And when I'm not working, I'm competing my horse in dressage competitions and chasing my son around the house trying to pull things out of his mouth. My name is Zila Salinas and I'm the managing director of Donor Los Angeles. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America. The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's dig into three questions here. What do you think others believe your superpower is? Other people would say that my superpower is more than likely my ability to get to the point or cut to the chase relatively quickly. I um, have always been blessed with the ability to kind of cut through the clutter and really get to what it is that we need to talk about right then and there and right now. It's a decisive nature that I've kind of always had, even when I was a little girl, three years old. I mm -hmm. always kind of knew what I wanted to do, and I relentlessly chase that. Interesting. Did you know what you, like, you wanted to be in this business that early? Or what did you want to do when you were three years old? I wanted to work in a creative business. And I, Interesting. I've always had a lean towards creativity and a lean towards art. Got and it. And for those that are untalented in the realm of having hard skills in art, we <laughs> working <laughs> on the business end of advertising. But I love working in the creative industry, and that's actually something I've always thought that I was going to do. What do you think your superpower is? Whether it's work or whether it's life, or both. You articulated what you think others believe your superpower is. We all kind of know intuitively what our own superpowers are. What do you think yours is? I think my superpower is my ability to ask for what I want and go for what I believe in. Mm -hmm. So my conviction. Conviction. Mm -hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Because that covers a lot more territory than just sort of the getting what you want. Because conviction is, is, is you're asking for something because you believe in it, right? Absolutely. What happens when you don't first get your way? <laughs> Always get my way. No, I'm just I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I believe you try, try again. So I don't back down easily. I tend to go for what I want. And if I don't get it the first try, then I try again. If I don't ultimately get where I believe is the right answer or the right solution, then I learn how to concede and concede gracefully. However, I still hold my convictions true. I like the fact that you're saying, you know, some, sometimes it's good to get into a scrap, but you can't take it personally. I think that's what, and that, that's one thing that I learned in talking with people before <laughs> we had our conversation is she'll get at it, but there's nothing personal about it. It's, it's business. I, you know, she's incredibly warm, but she still gets at it. 
I mean, I would hope that I always keep the warmth on the forefront, but you know what? Absolutely. Sometimes when we work in a passionate business and we do what we love to do, our passion just comes to the forefront and we can't help that. And it bubbles to the surface it actually makes for better. It makes for better advertising. Ultimately it makes for better work when we're fighting for what we believe in. But I think it's the ability to also kind of like back down and learn how to listen to others' opinions that actually makes you for the smartest and best professional you can be. What's the most important decision that people, and we'll take it one step further, the most important decision women can make in their careers? Why is that? I think it's important that women know how to ask for what they're worth and know how to speak up for themselves. I think this is a skill oftentimes that I see women, for some reason, are more hesitant to really know their value, and they're more hesitant to speak up for themselves. They think it makes them pushy or it makes them demanding in some way, but the skill and the art of knowing how to do that gracefully and how to actually ultimately have a conversation conversation about your value or your worth is a skill. I've never in my career kind of gotten things that I didn't ask for. And so I've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing mentors over the years that have really taught me how to have those conversations well. And I think it's a skill that women should learn. Absolutely. And not be shy about. I was just going to say, that's one critical component about this for somebody who might be naturally shy. What can women who might be a little more shy, what is one thing that they can do right now to put themselves in a position to get exactly what they deserve? They could absolutely know their value and remember that when they're speaking about themselves, it's the absolute one thing that they should never be humble about, right? You should learn how to have a strong opinion about it, what it is that you think that you're worth and what you want from this world. And if you are a naturally shy person, which I know a lot of people are, sometimes even practicing those conversations on somebody who is close to them, or somebody who is a mentor. I had amazing mentors in my career that were willing to have those conversations and really talk to me about what it is that they thought that I was worth that helped build you up and and kind of build that muscle, if you will, so that you can ultimately have those conversations. It definitely is a skill. What's the greatest gift that's ever been given to you? The greatest gift that has ever been given to me was given to me by my mother, and it was my sense of independence. That... Interesting. Um, That even started from the age when I was seven years old and we would go to the dentist office and she would ask me to go check myself in at the dentist. Uh She wouldn't do it for me. She wanted me to go up to the receptionist, sign my name in and tell them that I was here for my appointment. Wow. So even starting at a very early, early age, even when I went to college, I remember she sent me off to orientation. Zila, you're going to drive yourself up to college and you're going to go participate in orientation. And I did that by myself. So the long haul from Washington, D.C. up to Amherst. Absolutely. By yourself. Eight hours straight through you in had a car. A, you had a car freshman year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big advantage. <laughs> How has that independence manifested itself? Independent people can sometimes be perceived as lone wolves. That is a thing. That is a real thing. You have continually elevated your role in your career. How do you keep that sense of independence while ensuring that the team mentality is still intact and thriving? For me, naturally, I'm a very much a team player. So I actually really enjoy and I thrive the most when I work with amazing people. For me, it's a very natural situation to be around creative and smart people and feel a part of that team and really build that culture. It's not something that I have to try to do, but my my sense of independence comes through in my ability. I always tend to end up leading those teams or Mm -hmm. end up in a role where I'm in, in kind of on the on the forefront of building those teams ultimately and Mm -hmm. pulling them together and kind of using those leadership and independence skills to ultimately 
codify groups and make kind of connections and then ultimately join the team, which is, hence, we've been had such great success at Donor LA. It's been really great because we've been able to kind of codify and build that team spirit and what we've been doing here. It's collective independence. Absolutely. Let's go to the must list. What is a must do? Must do would be one thing every day or every week, if you prefer, that scares you. What is something in the past year that you've done that stands out as something that scared you? Taking an endeavor on as starting an agency in Los Angeles, <laughs> one of one okay, of the well, most highly I mean, I competitive markets here, I, I, well, in no, I ad markets that. in the country. I thought you were going to say skydiving or something. <laughs> well, also I will say that I uh, I ride my horse every morning as much as I can before work. Um, right. So I own a couple horses, and that's my that's my outlet in my life. Okay. Um, and so sometimes it means getting on a wild animal that maybe makes me a little bit nervous or something that's a little physically challenging, and it's the thrill of knowing that you've accomplished something that ultimately made you nervous or scared you a little bit. It's that sense of accomplishment that that is where we grow from. That's what I believe. What else? Besides, you know, the small thing of starting an agency and, <laughs> and you know, the horses, what's, what's another thing that has forced you to face the fear? I do quite a bit of speaking and I quite a, quite a bit of presentations to clients, mm-hmm. but every single time before I get in front of a room in a big pitch, you that get makes me nervous. You get nervous. Absolutely. It's it natural, me, isn't it? It makes me nervous. And so conquering those nerves and yeah. really learning to control them, I find that there to be a thrill in that and my ability to kind of squash that and have control over the body's reaction to get nervous. So. What's a must experience? A must experience would be, I think everyone, especially in the advertising business, needs to learn how to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to learn how to lose gracefully. This is a, a, a tough business to be in. Yes. And if you take things personally or take them to heart, you will ultimately not be able to flourish and thrive um, in the industry. So I think learning how to accept defeat and learning how to do that in a way that you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep on going is an incredible skill. Did you lose gracefully when you first started? I've lost gracefully a lot, absolutely. <laughs> but that's okay, you know, I think from those experiences I've learned and, I, and I've definitely grown, you know, I have been an agency CMO, so I know what it is to come in every day and have you live and die by the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you learn in being that role and in doing that role how uh, to pick yourself up because it's extreme highs and extreme lows. How does one lose gracefully? I think one looks inward and says, why did I lose? And let's be critical, as opposed to shrugging it off as, ah, that's just an extenuating circumstance or a factor right. that I can't control. Yep. They, they, you look inward and you say, what can I do to learn and grow from this? What kind of feedback can I collect from this? And then how ultimately can I be better? What's a must read? Well, for me, must read is everything every day. <laughs> I'm a big believer in intellectual curiosity. Sure. Um, I start every day by reading The Drum, reading Adwig, oh, okay, <laughs> reading Adage. I'm a, a voracious consumer of content specific to my industry. So those are those are big ones for me. But as in my spare time, when I'm, I have downtime on a plane, I really love Harvard Business Review or um, yeah. Fast Company as well. What would you suggest outside of the industry that people just not necessarily a specific book, specific publication, but just something outside of the industry? Because I think that you and I have been in this business for a long time. It's kind of nice to get out of the, as much as I like that you read the drum and thank you for that. (laughs) 
uh, I have to realize that there's plenty more things in the world to read outside of our, our business. What do you think is important for people to read? And it's, and obviously it's choice, but with your experience, what do you think? I think it depends on a person's passion. So I'm a big believer that you have to have something outside in your personal life that you're incredibly passionate about. And I'm as passionate about my horses and my hobby and my family as I am about my job and in advertising. So for me, it's whatever gets you going, right? So whatever your passion is, that would be a must do and a must read for me. I'm fascinated by stories by Gladwell as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's a must learn? A must learn. And I, I actually say I am still learning this to this day, but how to be present. Mm-hmm. How to be present in the now. I think we're all kind of obsessed in our technology-obsessed lives. We're living, right. we're living a very ADD existence. Right. Um, and so learning how to be in the moment and really enjoy it is something that we all need to learn, what's, myself included. What's, uh, hand, hand raised. <laughs> what's a time recently where you've realized, this is cool, I'm in the moment? When I'm with my son. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In the mornings, I have my time with my son before yeah. I get to go to work. And that, those moments where I get to actually enjoy in the moment and be with him and look him in the eye are priceless. And that's actually the most present I am in my entire life. What's something you've never been asked that you'd love someone to ask you? Believe it or not, I've never been asked why I do this for a living. <laughs> that's a good question. Why Um, do you do this for a living? (laughs) I do this because I'm a a fan of advertising and a fan of creativity. I love being around the creative environment. And so I geek out on the work, if you will. And when I see something that's really great and something that's really compelling and really tells a beautiful story and moves people culturally or moves people commercially, that, that gets me excited. So, you know, my partner, Jason, always says, I love how much you love the work. And I do. I really love the work. Here's where I compliment you. There were several things, and I, and I you know, alluded to a few things earlier in the conversation. And I was, I was really prepared to go down a different path with this until we had a little conversation before we really started recording this. And like me, you waited tables. Like me, you knew that there was something you were willing to make the sacrifice. And that is something that people don't necessarily always do. And what I mean by that is sometimes we put ourselves in positions where we might be in the industry we want to be in, but not the right situation. And yeah, you have, it's trial and error. I mean, I I obviously have not had just one job in my entire career, but I've decided I want to be in this industry. I'm going to do the, be in the best places that I can. And I appreciate the fact that you understand the value of sacrifice for the right reasons. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of learning in that. So that's where I compliment you. But what did you feel you have learned about sacrifice. I've learned that always, and this is such an old adage, a little bit cliche, but you know, when, when you close one door, another door is sure to open. I believe that everything happens for reason. And in making those sacrifices, sometimes you're freeing up your mental space. Sometimes you're freeing up your professional space so that better things and bigger and better things can happen for you. And that's used to be when I was early on in my career, more afraid of making those sacrifices because I was afraid that nothing else would come. Mm-hmm. What I've learned and the wisdom that I've gained is that something always will come. And then if you put positive energy into the world and hard work and dedication, that 
something great is going to come from you. All right, let's compare notes. What kind of restaurant did you work in? <laughs> I worked at the Daily Grill. Oh, the da- okay. That's good tips there. <laughs> yeah, great tips at the Daily Grill. Um, okay. And I worked at a little French country cafe in Beverly Hills for a little while. You got, get out, really? <laughs> yeah. All right, you got to uh, g- give me one story. You got to have one story. You don't have to name, you don't have to name names. This is LA. We, we, we like our little sort of star story. You got to give me one story. One story. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, I was uh, waiting tables at, uh, at one point, and um, one of the bartenders comes up to me and says, Hey, um, Zila, there's a couple of homeless guys that are at the bar, um, and they smell really bad, and they, and I don't know, um, we need to ask them to leave. Will you mind going over and talking to them and asking them to leave? You have a nice smile, and you'll be friendly, and, and maybe they won't get upset. I said, sure. So I walk over to the bar and pull up next to him. I said, gentlemen, it turned around because they were so inebriated, and it was Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. No. What was your, what did you say? And and he said, hello, love. And I said, as you were, and walked away. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh... Every show, we like to give our guests a chance to say what's on their mind. So without further ado, the floor is yours. I have to say one thing that I'm very passionate about is the rise of females in executive positions in this industry. I'm really excited that you're doing this podcast. I think it's great. It's a great step forward. I think there are a lot of exceptional women um, in our industry and specifically um, in the Western region. I've met some dynamic and powerful players. And uh, for me, I'm just passionate about making sure that we have formal mentoring programs for women and young women who are coming up right now because it's not about um, having more women to work in advertising. It's about prepping them and priming them to take on executive roles because I think that's something that we are woefully underserviced in and specifically in creative. So at Donor LA, I, I work very closely with some of the women that work here. I've always taken on mentoring roles with women that are even outside of my professional circle. People have contacted me who are looking for advice because it is something that I really do hope that we start to see more of and something that I hope will change the industry because I think there's a lot of talent out there that's untapped in this level. Much like the must list, we'd like you to share one more piece of advice, one more piece of wisdom. What is your last word? My last word is to always ask for what you're worth and to always remember your value. And I tell that to most of the people that I work with, but also in my personal life as well. I always always try to remember that I'm a good mom and that I'm a good wife and I'm balancing everything. And so I think it goes true to your personal life as well to really understand that you're more valuable than you think you are. Thank you so much for hosting us here down in Los Angeles at Donor LA and appreciate you very much taking the time. Thanks for coming. 